John Boy Media has a new teammate. It's iHeart Podcasts. What does it mean? John Boy Media shows can now be found over at the Dan Patrick Show. That's right. How cool is that? Wake and Jake and Jimmy's three things have joined the iHeart Podcast and Dan Patrick Show family. And the best part, they'll still continue to be the same shows you know and love. If you couldn't tell, we're excited about this one. And thank you guys for listening. It is Monday, January 8th, 2024. This is another edition of Football Today. You know that dude, Bobby Skinner from the Talking Giants world. I am Chris Rose, producer Mikey, along for the ride as well. You know, it's always fun because you get ready for that second season. So 14 teams still alive for the right to play in Super Bowl 58. But then I always remember what it's like when my team doesn't make the playoffs, which is most years. It's so sad. You all right? Yeah, well, when you know the season's over, it's kind of refreshing. It's like, okay, cool. now we're we're finally in the off. We don't need to, you know, push off conversations. We're here. Let's talk about everything. The people that need to be fired are fired, and hopefully, see what happens. But it's it's very it's very much a weird a weird day though. Like when you wake up and it's like it's it's just over. Like we are, we will not be talking about Giants games until August. It's very that part is wild. That part's wild. But you know what? The NFL. The whole there is no offseason, it is so true. Because we go playoffs, 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 Super Bowl, and then literally like two and a half weeks later, here you are with a combine. Oh, I mean, we we get into it quick. We, we go we go down to Mobile, Alabama for the senior yep. bowl. We're we're wrapped up in there. We we get last year because the Giants were in the divisional round, we already had our Steph book for the senior bowl, and we're like, what the what happens if they make the conference championship? Like <laughs> We never thought that this was a possibility when we booked all this. So isn't it nice that this year you could just hang on your travel and feel good about it? Yeah, yeah. I, it'd be a little nicer to, you know, be competing. But uh, All right, let's talk about the teams that are still alive. Starting with the Dallas Cowboys, who got a win in Washington on Sunday, wrapped up the NFC East and that two seed, which means that they will be home for the first two rounds of the tournament. Should they win wild card weekend against the Green Bay Packers? We'll talk about that game later in the week because I think that's going to be really, really fun. The question here, does Mike McCarthy's coaching future in Big D hinge on getting this franchise back to at least the NFC title game for the first time in 28 years? A lot of revenge games in these playoffs, which I, I'm really excited about. Uh, no. Now, I think you had to beat Green Bay. Right, you lose to Green Bay. There's no excuse for this Dallas Cowboys team to lose to the Packers. Then I think that's a conversation. But I really think Jerry Jones is more patient than led to believe. I mean, every it seemed like every year, oh, Jason Garrett's gonna be fired, and Jason Garrett never even won, you know, the playoff games except except for the one versus Detroit. Um, you know, so I, I I don't think he's gonna be fired. Like the only way he gets fired to me would be losing to the Green Bay, which I just don't see happening for Dallas. So this is the uh, third straight year where McCarthy has helped this team win at least 12 games in a season, I believe. And that hasn't happened since the Cowboys were kissing Lombardi trophies in the 90s. And their path, I think, is – I'm not going to say it's easy, but, man, they, they're the only NFL team that hasn't lost at home this year. Not only that, they are a totally different team. We've talked about this throughout the regular season. They average more than 37 points per game at home as opposed to right around 21 on the road, we're talking about more than a two-touchdown difference offensively. Defensively, they don't get the takeaways on the road that they do at home, all that sort of stuff. So, and really for the first time, I, I always feel like shows always talk about the Dallas Cowboys because the Dallas Cowboys rate, right? People either 
love him or love to hate him. And so people want to hear about him one way or another. This is actually a Dallas team you can talk about in terms of just strictly football, not flashy headlines. Like, they're a pretty good team. Oh, they're number one scoring offense, number five scoring defense. Um, the question with Dallas, though, is just, hey, this is the time. We're, okay, prove it, because we've seen you do it well in the regular season, and we thought that Eagles win was a big win, and we'll talk about them. It's looking less and less like a big win every day. Uh, and then you lose you lose to Buffalo in a blowout, and then you get beat by Miami, uh, then beat Detroit, but you could have very, you know, the referees make the right call in that game, and you don't beat Detroit. Uh, that's going to be the question, is the second round. Like, if they lose to the 49ers, I don't think there's any shame in that, nope. depending on how it happens. But in the second round, you're going to be favored, no matter who you face, and you're going to be the more talented team. Like, there's there's no team other than the 49ers that can compete with the – that has close to what Dallas has talent-wise on that roster. Yep. Um, I, I just – I don't expect McCarthy to bite it. I think he's going to stay even – yeah, does it open the door if somehow they lose to the seventh seed at home with a bunch of kids running around trying to catch passes for the Green Bay Packers? I suppose that – that discussion, that seat would get very warm, but I don't see Jerry pulling the trigger on something like that. Um, but like I said, I feel like this is the best shot they've had at, at um, even when they were the one seed in 2016. They still had a rookie quarterback. Aaron Rodgers comes in and, and rips their heart out. Like that's that sort of stuff happens to this franchise. By the way, Mike McCarthy was coaching on the other sideline that day, so. We'll see. I I don't think he. I don't think McCarthy's going anywhere. I think he's fine. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, you know, they haven't. The, you know, the the talk with oh, they they fired Kellen Moore. Like the, you know, everyone. You know, Dumbo, Mike McCarthy. Well, guess what? They had the number one scoring offense. Right. Kellen Moore is looking for a new job. Right. Okay. Uh. By the way, one one cool little note for you. Dak is the first Dallas quarterback to lead the league in touchdown passes since. Want to give a guess? Roger Staubach. Very good. 1973. How many touchdown passes do you think he had that year? 23. Did you see this stat? No, I swear to God I didn't. Bobby Skinner, way to nail it. How about that? You got the dude and the touchdown passes. I thought you were going to be like, come on, dude. The 70s weren't that bad. Like He had more than 23 touchdowns. No, they so, weren't that bad. They I just weren't. knew Aikman never did it, and I'm pretty confident Romo... Never did it either, so I went to Staubach. Yeah, that was good. That was good. And Chad Hutchinson never did it. All right, um, the Eagles. Kyle they're going to have the long path. They're going to have the long path back. Will you stop it? Sorry. Let's move on. <laughs> Quincy Carter, did you mention him? Hey, Quincy Carter's a great trivia. I, I have friends who I grew up with, and they forget Quincy Carter. I'll never forget Quincy Carter. Uh, the Eagles are going to have a long, long path back to the Super Bowl. They are going to be the five seed. They're on the road Monday night, so a week from today, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Nick Sirianni said after their loss to your G-men, still has total confidence in the team. Do you have any whatsoever? Absolutely not. They're bad on defense. Matt, the Matt Patricia decision made them worse, and you can't go back once you've already done that. It made that like They are just... They are undisciplined, and the lack of talent on defense outside the pass rush is not there, and the pass rush isn't getting home like it was before. Offensively, like, I don't know if Devontae Smith is going to play. A.J. Brown went down, and it's not supposed to be a serious injury, but 
Like Jalen Hurts had nothing. He hurt his middle finger in the game. She was giving everyone the bird. Uh, they black edge. Like there was a, a viral clip of Carl Banks, the Giants, uh, you know, radio announcer. You know, you know, uh, you know, one of the great linebackers. He's like, I would just jump over the pile on the tush push and just hit Jalen Hurts. He's like, I, and the, and people lost their mind. The Giants did it yesterday. Mm-hmm. They did. The Eagles O line didn't do shit. They just sat there and took it. They are a team that looks like it has a lot of issues, like within the locker room, and they are the talent is just not there on defense, and they're and I think they're badly coached on offense and defense right now. Yeah, I I hate saying stuff about the locker room when I'm not covering the team. I I just think that's that's uncomfortable for me. I won't ever guess and stuff like that. Um, when they were ten and one, it still didn't feel like the Eagles were ten and one. It was weird. Like they were, they. It felt like the offensive guys were saying, "Man, we we still can't kick it into gear," and the defense wasn't nearly as good as it was a season ago. So the fact that they lost five of their last six down the stretch, you know, some of that was a really really tough schedule. And then the end was inexcusable with what happened at home to the Cardinals. They still had the the two seed, possibly, and certainly the division crown right in their lap. I mean, how do you explain what happened? And then yesterday, I know that they were still – that was a weird one because they were still kind of fighting for something, but Dallas had to lose. They knew Dallas wasn't going to lose against Washington. And so now, kind of midway through, your your scoreboard peaking and – we're off to a terrible start, and so let's just pull our guys and rest and make sure nobody injures their middle finger on their throwing in and all sorts of stuff. But, yeah, that, I still think they can win down in Tampa because I don't think much of that NFC South at all. Um, in fact, Tampa had one win against the team that made the playoffs this year, and that was the Green Bay Packers. That was it. So I still don't. I still believe that they can win a game, but they're going to get their doors blown off in the next round, in the divisional round, if they make it. Yeah, I think the Eagles beat the Bucks earlier in the year. But they did. Yeah, they're they're just badly coached, right? Like you had a second game versus Wink Martindale in this blitz, and you didn't have any answers for it. Like you 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 mm-hmm. played them two weeks ago, and you didn't have any answers for what they were sending. And then defensively, I think they've gotten a lot worse, and now they're trying to go back to more zone base, and they're leaving guys wide open. It was it was like you know from I was obviously watching this game closely uh, for the Giants' point of view. And I'm like, man, this this just looks like a bad football team to play. Like, this doesn't feel like beating the Eagles, who you know we've haven't beat at home since 2013, and only beat a couple times in the you know last eight years. They just look like a bad football team, and like untalented on defense, and then offensively just discombobulated. Yeah. Now, part of that is, and I I actually put Jalen Hurts as the least of the issues on this too. By the way, I know everyone will point at Hurts because he's the quarterback. You didn't have Devontae Smith or DeAndre uh, and DeAndre Swift, and then AJ Brown went down on a catch. Uh, he really had no answers, and he had no like he had Julio Jones and Quez Watkins as his like best two wide receivers out there. He really had, I mean, obviously Goddard, but they didn't really they didn't really have any answers for anything. I I do want to ask you one other thing. The Eagles' offensive line is one of the best in the league, wouldn't we agree? Yeah. It is the best, in, in my opinion. Why the hell don't they run the ball? Yeah, I don't know because they are like I, I haven't I'm I don't I'm not looking at their numbers right in front of me. But that was one of the the best things about them last year. It's like okay, like 
one, no matter where you're playing us passing, we're going to attack you in whatever way you, you're vulnerable. But it's like also, it's like, hey, we can just run the ball on you. And they've kind of turned into like one to go four and five wide and let Jalen Hurts drop back and be a hero. Very strange. Very strange. I think the offseason will come quickly for them. I don't think they don't trust know. any of their backs either. As, as much as Swift is having backs. a good year, he does make a lot of mental mistakes too. Um. I know he didn't play yesterday. Uh, so, I, I, I mean, I, I think they run the ball halfway decently. But but it yeah, doesn't it's... feel like they consistently run it. That's what it feels like. Right. Um, all right, so the Bills, Sunday night football. They hold on to beat the Miami Dolphins. Uh, that means they take a four straight AFC's crown. They will be the two seed. They will host the Pittsburgh Steelers next Sunday. Uh, I loved what Tariko and Collinsworth called it last night early in the game, the Josh Allen experience. And we got it full throttle, right? He was completing at a high percentage, uh, had a season high in scrimmage yards last night. He also had the three turnovers. Uh, does he have to tighten things up for Buffalo to make a deep postseason run? Or do we just kind of throw our hands in the air and say, well, this is kind of who he is? Yeah, he does have to tighten things up. Obviously, obviously things need to... You know they can they could they could you know have some better surroundings there, but do, do you do you walk away from like these last six weeks or whatever it was where Buffalo has went on a, a stretch of winning games and like oh uh, this is this is a team that can conf confidently win four games in a row right because that's what the playoffs is about it's mm -hmm. not about being able to beat any like they can beat any team in the NFL they can beat the Ravens so they can beat the 49ers in my opinion, but can they beat good teams four games in a row? I just don't see it happening. I mean, if they don't have a, a punt return for a touchdown last night, like that might be a totally different game. I, I, I don't I I don't have a lot of confidence in in this team to be able to tighten things up, like you said. Right. They move the ball beautifully at times. They really do. They're humming. He's throwing the ball. The guys that feel open. He makes critical runs when he needs to. He's tough as shit. He just you know, all of that stuff. And then he gets in the red zone, and it's like, wee! It's like he's playing backyard football. For just, well, what, what the hell? Like, the first interception he threw to Eli Apple, I know that he and Gabe Davis had something that's going on. Like, they're both team captains. They both seem like great guys. But holy shit, it feels like every other week there's a miscommunication between those two at a critical time. And, man, that just gets so much more light put on it when we get to the postseason you can't get to the red zone and just throw a ball anywhere I mean what everything is so magnified and so critical and I just feel like Josh Allen's good for two to three of those plays it feels very Favre-esque and I know that that was kind of like the fun you really missed the prime Brett Favre era in the 90s where he was just there would be times he'd throw six balls to the other team but they'd only get one interception because it came with so much hot sauce on it. They couldn't keep their hands on it. But that's what he was doing all the time. And I feel like there's a lot of that that has filtrated down to Josh Allen for whatever reason. It it really has. Like, and I, the turnover to me thing has gotten like kind of worse as his like he wasn't turning the ball over like that much in the beginning with Dable, and then last year he had some. But it feels like this year they're just happening a lot more. I should have pulled up numbers on that. Um, that being said, Josh Allen is still great, right? Like you would take mm -hmm. him, you know, against, mo you know, like he's a top five quarterback in the NFL. They have the easiest first round matchup versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, 
they're not going to have to play the Ravens in the second round. Like, they could just be in, like, like I think I might pick them to make the AFC Championship. Yep. Right. I mean, if they have to play two home games against whomever, yes. Particularly with, I mean, every like if they play of... If they play Pittsburgh and Houston, I'm picking the Bills in both those games. Oh, yeah. Why wouldn't you? I mean, come on. Of course, they're going to be heavy favorites in both the... Like, the Steelers have gone on this cute little run, so I guess I'll give um, Mason Rudolph his flowers. But do you really expect them to be able to go up there without T.J. Watt? There's no way he's going to play with that grade two sprain of his MCL. Come on. He's not going to be able to help them out. So now what? What are, what are the Steelers going to do? Are they going to be able to really – I don't know. Maybe they run the ball for a million yards, and George Pickens takes a slant 75 yards, and that's the difference, and somehow Pittsburgh hangs on. But I would be shocked if that happened. Yeah, I mean, they basically need Josh Allen to have like three turnovers and right. make up his Fitzpatrick take one back, another one be at the 20-yard line. And then, like you said, the Steelers' offense is essentially, you know, 70-yard yak play or bust. The NFL playoffs are here, and we've teamed up with DraftKings, an official partner of the NFL, who's kicking things off with a huge offer. Throughout the playoffs, all new customers who will get $200 in bonus bets instantly when they place their fi first $5 wager on anything. So download the DraftKings app now and use promo code FOOTBALL today. Wondering what you can use your $200 in bonus bets on? Combine multiple get bets together from the same game for a shot at an even bigger payout. If sports betting is not yet available in your state, not to worry. You can still join in all the fun with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports. Download the DraftKings Sports app now. New customers use promo code FOOTBALL today. Bet just $5 on any wager and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. That's promo code FOOTBALL today. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You'll be glad you did. The Texans, they are division champions. They got it done Saturday night on the road against Indy. Fun game to watch. And then on Sunday, they sat there and watched what happened in Nashville as the Jags just tripped all over themselves. They dropped five of their final six. So the big question, has C.J. Stroud in Houston replaced the Jags as the division darling moving forward? I mean, I think so, right? Like, C.J. Stroud's sick. He's all, Like, that game was beautiful by C.J. Stroud. And you forget, like, that offensive line, while you have Laramie Tunsil, which Larry Tunzel versus Miles Garrett could be like the matchup of, of round one in the playoffs. Yep. Uh like it's banged up and not overly good. You don't have Tank Dell out there. Like I watching them is so fun and seeing what Nico Collins has been able to do with CJ Stroud. And then defensively, you got like an aggressive unit that's well coached, right? Like you got a lot of guys who play fast and aggressive, whether it's Will Anderson or Jalen Petrie, whoever young guys. Um yeah, like they they are to me one of the like most fun stories in the NFL this year, if not the most fun. Like what the Texans went from to like la last year at this time we're talking about why would anybody take this job? And now they are division champions with, you know, a young ascending uh, franchise quarterback. Right. And you know, it's very simple, just boil it all down to its primary level. Do you have your quarterback? One, yes. You have your head coach. Sure as hell feels that way with D'Amico Ryans. Um, Stroud is – I can't remember a young guy that came in this league where there is zero panic in his game. Like, there have been some really good – he feels very Burrow-esque at that – in that, you know, like everything is at this level. And he is just fantastic. You know, we give a lot of stats on this show, and that's fine. And most of them – you. 
you listen, you're like, oh, okay, that's fine. Here's one that to me is unbelievable. C.J. Stroud is the third quarterback in the last 50 seasons to lead the NFL in passing yards per game and touchdown to interception ratio. You ready for the other two? Joe Montana in 1989, the year the Niners won a Super Bowl and he won an MVP. Tom Brady in 2007, the year they had the perfect regular season, he was an MVP and they lost to somebody in the Super Bowl. So we're, we're talking about when you are being mentioned with not only guys in the same breath, but guys in their peak, the maybe the peak season of their respective careers. That's incredible. Yeah, he is not like a lot of times these young quarterbacks they have flashes. Like, oh, this is good. Like this, this team's in, like, you know, like Will Levis with uh, Tennessee. Like, hey, some good stuff. Exciting uh -huh. times in Tennessee. But there's still a lot of question marks. With C.J. Stroud, the question mark is, are we going to be like, is he the fourth or the sixth quarterback? You know, like he, like we're going to be doing those type of like nitpicking conversations in three or four years with him if he hasn't won a Super Bowl yet. Um, you know, not like any, like, is he actually good or bad conversations? He's fantastic. And I know that the Colts, you, you follow this stuff a lot more closely than I, in terms of their coverage and how much zone they play compared to man. And it's going to be very different this weekend against the Cleveland Browns because Jim Schwartz loves to let his guys on the outside play. And, you know, we'll see when the, when the Browns whooped up on the Texans a few weeks ago, CJ Stroud did not play. You know, and they were missing some key players. Will Anderson did not play. So this is going to be a very different Houston lineup that comes out there. But it certainly feels like there are some questions moving forward in Jacksonville. I don't know how many of them surround Trevor Lawrence. I think I'm willing to give him a pass because of the high ankle sprain where he didn't miss any time. And then the shoulder, which did force him to miss a game. But he personally is on a five-game losing streak to wrap up that season. The only win the Jags got in their last six games was with C.J. Beathard starting. And the fact that the Jags had a firm grasp on that division and couldn't close it out. I mean, the fact that we went to week 18 and they hadn't solidified that thing at the beginning of the year. You looked at that division. You were like, oh, my God, they're going to win the division by four games. And here they were. They were in a three-way tie heading into the last week of the regular season. And they still couldn't get it done against a, a Tennessee team that doesn't have the same amount of talent that they do. Yeah, and Trevor, I, I I haven't, like, this year hasn't made me lose anything that I thought about Trevor Lawrence, right? And maybe I wasn't as, I wasn't maybe crowning him before the year like some people. Uh, but he was let down by his surroundings this year, whether it was protection up front or, like, the receiver's, just kind of screwing him, whether it's drop passes or one foot being out of bounds. I mean, yesterday, Evan Ingram, you know, popped up a pass for an interception, and then the Titans score off of that. Uh, and I, I think offensively, there's just some issues there with Peterson and Press Taylor as the OC. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not, I don't, I'm not like, I think it's a tougher question because I think Jacksonville should bounce back. I, I really do, and I think yeah. they, I think their talent is young and ascending. And obviously, they'll have another offseason to add some more. Um, like I wouldn't write this team, this Jacksonville team off. Like I still think Trevor Lawrence is going to be pretty damn awesome. Okay, even though he's had you, flaws this year. If you had to pick one quarterback to start your franchise with in the AFC South, who are you picking? I mean Stroud. I mean, I mean he's been better than Trevor Lawrence this year, and obviously, 
he's he's a year he's two years you know not I don't know about age but he's he's a rookie Trevor Lawrence is in year three, three. Mm -hmm. yeah three yeah I mean it just doesn't to me it didn't even feel close because the what's the one thing Lawrence does way too much is turn the ball over and particularly down the stretch he was horrible with that sort of stuff CJ Stroud just doesn't turn it over he makes big plays he makes big throws he stood in there the uh, the other day and threw it. I forget if it was Collins that caught the ball inside the ten, but the one where he had a defender. Yeah, it was Nico Collins. Yep, right at in Stroud's grill and threw a laser. Like that is that is big league stuff, dude. And that's the thing that I think Trevor struggles with. Right, if there's anything mm -hmm. that showed up at Clemson is like when someone was coming down the pipe, he kind of winced a little bit and would miss. With C.J. Stroud, you like like you said, he he didn't have that and. You know, it's not like he's just dinking and dunking either. Like he doesn't, oh, no. he doesn't throw the ball twenty plus yards like at top of the league, but he's the best at it, right? He completed fifty six percent of his passes throwing the ball twenty plus yards this year, Amazing. like like uh, a twelve hundred yards, nine touchdowns, zero interceptions. Like he was the best deep ball thrower in the NFL. Like it might be the best because I I look at this stuff every year. Like, you know, off the top of my head, thinking I, I think this might be the best like deep ball passing season since I've been looking at this stuff since 2019. Pretty damn good, pretty fun, and I wish we weren't playing him this weekend, but I'm just happy we're playing. Beggars can't be choosers. All right, we do have some coaching news. Uh, Monday morning, Ron Rivera got it a day after his 62nd birthday, so that was nice of the Washington Commanders to, you know, at least enjoy his birthday, wrapping up the regular season. Bill Belichick had his presser. Uh, he said, listen, I'm still under contract. I might be willing to give up my personnel duties in order to stay here, but basically this is on the Patriots, and we'll see what they decide to do. Um, so no definitive answer in New England. Arthur Smith was the first one to go right as the clock pretty much struck midnight. He was out after three seasons in Atlanta. Which of those three coaching moves is most interesting to you? I guess there wasn't truly a move in New England, but at least we got some news. Yeah, well, well the, the Belichick stuff will be fascinating to see. I think it's more fascinating to see what happens next. Uh, you know, and that's why I don't think we're doing like these goodbye Belichicks to me, the greatest coach of all time. I don't want to hear, oh, well, yeah, Tom Brady. Yeah, he won six with Tom Brady. How many people are doing that? <laughs> um, it's Arthur Smith. Because while I don't like Arthur Smith, did you did you look at any of these Falcons rosters over the last three years and say better than a seven and ten team? Because you really like they were they've been they've been untalented, you know. Outside now, the skill positions have young new guys, right? Kyle Pitts and and uh, Bijan and then um, Drake London, right? Drake so London, that's yeah. where I hate him. It's like he I feel like he misused those three guys. But you look at just talent overall, and it's like you would look at that team and say seven and ten every single year. Yeah, well, I think that's part of living in a fantasy football world distorts what you think is a good football team, right? You're like, well, who has a better young receiver, tight end, running back combo than that squad? And not only that, it felt like it was his reluctance to try and figure out a way to get Kyle Pitts the football, right? There were times he'd have three targets and two catches in a week. That's inexcusable. If you're going to draft a tight end as number four overall, then go use him. You're the offensive mastermind. Figure out a way to get him the football. 
and and this isn't like some fucking like oh this is the draft people said this guy's great like he had the i think the second best rookie tight end season of all time in yards right and that was with matt for i will never forgive people for making me think i'm crazy the colts trading for matt ryan matt ryan was washed his arm was totally done he couldn't push the ball past 20 plus yards right and 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 kyle pitts was able to do that with him now they've had you know bottom of the uh nfl quarterback play since with Mariota and ritter and, and heineke um so it's hard to be mad at him for saying hey why don't you do more much more with these quarterbacks but like you said it didn't feel like there was an effort to really get his best players involved yeah, and and I think that's probably the at the end of the day, like you've got all these shiny new toys. Now, the one thing we haven't talked about is the fucking quarterback situation. I'm sorry, Desmond Ritter is not the guy. He doesn't feel like it at all. I, you know. It's not even close to the guy. No, and certainly Taylor Heineke isn't. I know that you were champion his cause early in the year just because he was the best of what felt like was available in the cupboard to use. Uh, when when baking the cake, but still, it, at the end of the day, it tasted like crap. It was too dry, and I would never serve it to guests. So they've got to figure that out, right? It is far and away the most important thing. Please find a quarterback. You know, I don't care. You want to go get Kirk Cousins for a year or two? Go do it. It feels like that would be right, but get the coaching search right. It's just, you know, Arthur Smith, I guess, he'll be fine because he could always get an internship at FedEx. He's good to go. Eighth pick in the draft, so the quarter, what they do at quarterback is going to be one of the more fascinating offseason things. Will they try and be patient or, or like you said, go all out for Kirk Cousins? Um, what do you think of the the end-of-game interaction mm. with Dennis Allen and then one of the best locker room press Ever. conferences of all time with Jameis Winston? Ever. It was phenomenal. I mean, it was, the, Every it, second of it was hilarious. That's the thing. Jameis is so fun and so good for the NFL and so like likable these days when you listen to him talk and you see his antics and everything else. Like I, I can't decide whether or not I want him to be on the field and play because then you know, he's thrown 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions in a year, or should he just kind of be this mascot on the sidelines? Now he's not a good starting quarterback in the NFL, but it is like, the best part of that interview was like the like one just saying like oh this is a team decision right like Dennis Allen needs to understand this is a team decision, and the and the end with that uh that other reporter who's like I I disagree with it and he's like well you're disagreeing with the entire team it's like no Jameis this was like you and Jamal Williams made this decision, <laughs> and in in the huddle like this like and I some people have turned that into like oh Dennis Allen doesn't have control like it that that was a Jameis being Jameis yes, type it was. situation. Yeah, but also Arthur the Smith, the little the, the getting all pissy about that drives me nuts, dude. It's the NFL, right? It's not it's not like you're you know, you know, you know, Oregon beating up on you know University of Western Washington. Like this, it's the NFL. Like that that's how you ended your head coaching career in the NFL, crying. <laughs> that's it. That's it. We'll see you. Somebody should get that framed. The uh, the pissy look of him at at Dennis Allen. Uh, what a shit show that division was this year. There you go. Um, that'll do it for the regular season. We are off and running the postseason. We'll do a show on Friday. We'll see if we get one out in the middle of the week. I think it really depends on how much coaching news there is. But as always, you can tune into football today. 
And I can't wait to preview the six games we've got starting on Saturday afternoon and going all the way till next Monday night. It is a great, great weekend of football. Uh, if your team did not make it, go find a team you can root for. You know, makes it more fun in the playoffs. Let's go so, Browns. Yeah. God almighty, from your lips. Let's go, please. Well, let's do this. Uh, for producer Mikey and for Bobby Skinner from the Talking Giants world, I am Chris Rose. Thanks so much for tuning in to Football Today.